You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. For any of these presidents, it almost doesn't matter because nobody understands or reads the issues anyway. People think, oh, I'm for this or against this, but no one really knows. And I don't even know. It's hard to know all the facts and nuances and subtleties. How you feel. How you need people yeah. feel. That's it. So, so, uh, so the one thing I'll add before starting with the Democratic candidates is that I think in any high stakes situation, and this is just a great example of it. This is, we're using this as an example. In any high stakes situation, your narrative and constructing it and being and how you deliver it and whether it's a good narrative or not and whether it's consistent is how you achieve success. So if you want a promotion from your boss, you, you have to say, is my narrative that I've been here longer than everyone else? Is my narrative that you so-and-so quit, so now I'm doing two jobs instead of one? Is it my narrative that, uh, oh, I've got, we've gotten better sales, so and I've increased those sales? Like, you kind of have to stick to your narrative and be strong about it and and make them afraid, your boss afraid that he's going to lose you, and it's all narrative. precise message that you're selling.
This is a mini-sode where uh, I'm with Brian Scott McFadden, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna rant, and he's gonna respond or whatever. Yeah. This is our first attempt at this. I'm gonna rant about each candidate running for president, pros and cons, goods or bad. And by the way, I don't care that much about the issues. I shouldn't that's say that. For sure. <laughs> that's, that's, that's you. That's that's for sure. But that's one thing I say about James. He doesn't care about any issues. I, I think you usually <laughs> just say he doesn't care. Period. period. I can leave it at that. Yes, you're right. Let's not gild the lily. We just we, we're, uh, James Outsher. He doesn't care. That's your new uh, that's be, Netflix. That, my my Netflix that'll be my special. line. My slogan if I run for office. But but it's just more like I'm I, I, I OK, I do care about some issues, but this is more about the I'm fascinated with elections with the like you almost have to if you're a candidate, you have to assume you're playing a game and you have to. And there are rules to that game and there are strategies for that game. And that's the way you win, because that determines how you spend money. That determines how you construct your message and your narrative. We've seen this in every single election ever. And and I like analyzing the issue, the the rules of the game, the narratives and how people play it. And whether this is the one point where I'm not going to I don't really debate any of the issues, but more how the candidate is expressing the issues, because we saw this in 2016. Nobody knew anything about immigration or the wall mm-hmm. or the history of wall legislation. And yeah. by the way, there's a several decades long history of wall legislation. Donald Trump didn't invent the idea, mm-hmm. but that was his narrative that white his hook. Yeah, his hook. Yeah. Right. That that white collar workers in the middle of the country were losing their jobs because of immigration and that crime was going up and so on. So it was this fear mongering. But that was his narrative and his success or failure as a candidate in part depended on his ability to express that narrative in a unique way. Mm-hmm. And so I want to kind of I'll even just saying it was like it was like Ronnie Dangerfield. I don't get no respect or 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 yeah. Henny Youngman, you know, like doing one liners with a violin. That's Donald Trump's hook is, is, right. is one of his bigger hooks. Well, that's a great analogy because yeah. because yeah. Ronnie Dangerfield was a failed comedian yeah, right. until that was his narrative yeah. until yeah. the I get no respect kind of went through. A hundred percent of his jokes. Yes. That was all of his jokes. And then finally that he was, was the on Carson. line. And so there was a narrative that everyone could grab a hold of. Yeah. Right. Like imagine if you're a comedian and, you know, some of your jokes are about bad dates you've had. Mm-hmm. And then other jokes are about your marriage or having babies yeah. or, 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 or suddenly you're like, uh, 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 you're making fun of billionaires. Like there would be no through line right. and people wouldn't, wouldn't leave the 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 with a firm a grasp of who you are right. that's easily uh understandable and, and they might and get tired of you switching narratives yeah. the entire time like the, the audience the audience would get fatigue over you yeah i would imagine yes so um but uh but you know i think it's interesting now to watch these democratic candidates because they, i think half the country feels it's sort of an all or nothing like We've got to have like a good Democratic candidate who could be Trump. Meanwhile, Trump has to come up with a narrative as well, because the wall narrative he can't really use right now. Nothing's mm-hmm. really happened. It, the, the words the wall have not been in the news since the day yeah, he was inaugurated. It, I don't know. I thought Mexico, <laughs> Mexico, pay, Mexico was going to pay for it. It was the big now. It's like, eh, we just threw that out the window. <laughs> We're on to other things. Right. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. And it's not in the news. It's never in the news about why, what, where. In fact, I always felt that Trump, the reason, Trump, I'm sorry, but I, I always felt that Trump 
it wasn't that he was going to do these things. It's that he was going to say these things that, right. that made it so appealing that at least he's saying it, even if he doesn't do it, which is better than that. And that's the thing with him. Just the things he says more than anything else is drives the engine of his appeal with people. He's saying things and you hear it. He'll say what's on his mind. And that's all that matters. Well, well, it's th- that's an interesting narrative because he he did say and repeat that over and over again. Yeah. The while that was, you know, the swing states are all filled with uh, white collar workers who are scared about their jobs. They they are losing their jobs one way or the other, mm-hmm. and and he was solving that problem with this narrative very strongly expressed that not only were you losing your jobs from illegal immigration, but a criminal activity was on the rise in your neighborhood mm-hmm. because of illegal immigration. This was his narrative. I'm not yeah. I'm not debating whether this was right or wrong. It's just that was the narrative he he hammered, and then he had a kind of a uh, sub narrative, which is anyone who goes up against me, I'm going to make fun of them. Yeah, yes, <laughs> and yes, he, yes. he had a slightly better sense of humor than than Jeb Bush, say, right, yeah, and, and, and other candidates like, yeah. you know, like Scott Adams, who the, the creator of Dilbert, who, who became a kind of a political pundit. He, he famously in April 2015 predicted Trump would not only win the primaries, but the election yeah. when there was the debate where Megyn Kelly uh, addressed Trump and said, hey, you know, people say you always uh, call women, you know, obese and this and that. And he responded very quickly, only Rosie O'Donnell. And right. then Scott, and then everyone laughed and Scott Adams said, that, that guy's going to be president. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing, that's, that is, it's, it's like a one, a, a perfectly timed one liner. Like Ronald Reagan did that with. Yeah, uh, where's the, the beef? With Walter Mondale. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Lloyd like, Benson did that with Dan Lloyd Quayle. Lloyd Benson, yes. Yeah, yes. You're no JFK. And I will not exploit my opponent's uh, youth and inexperience. Uh, he said that about Walter Mondale, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And the media, and that was it. Uh, one one liner nuked an entire narrative. It was fascinating. It's well, really- and actually, that's interesting because both Reagan and Donald Trump, as opposed to. Uh, just about any other candidate in history had the most experience behind a camera. You know, Ronald yes. Reagan was a famous actor yeah. and Donald Trump was the king of reality shows for a long time. Yes. And and having that having that experience wrestling uh, a reality show TV, these other candidates can't compete with that level of DNA experience that he, that guy has in tabloids always been in the in the in the news and just saying bombastic things and the press loved that yeah they used him for years right and so and, and you said you know and well i'll, I'll get to trump's narrative yeah. i'll go through all the democrats candidates narratives first but but you you said trump only said things he never did things but what, if you go back to 2008 mm-hmm. people would say well what has barack obama accomplished in his career and the common response i would get uh and by the way i was fine with barack obama's president like he's a great guy probably the most charismatic president ever yeah. but the main thing people said about barack obama in 2008 is well he gives great speeches yes i understand so it's I, like how these people say absolutely things. no the the when i was my point that i was trying to make was was simply that the appeal like Barack Obama, the inspirational aspect of what Barack Obama did, there's a, a corollary to Trump, what Trump does, which is to speak to a certain level of angst and, and, and anger and rage in, in this, in this, yeah. that he, and he 
he plays to that just like Barack Obama did to the aspirational aspect. So, so it's sort of this mirror image kind of thing that people love the inspirational aspect of what Barack Obama represented. With Trump, there's its other flip side, and both of them are playing the speech game in terms of like saying th- certain things, whether they follow through on them, what they truly represent, th- does it always match up exactly? Like, like that's less Im- l- what I was saying was that the speaking, the saying those things that Trump does, people are like, I like the fact he said it. If he does it, that's nice. That's a bonus. Yeah. You know, for any of these presidents, it almost doesn't matter because nobody understands or reads the issues anyway. People yeah. think, oh, um, for this or against this, but no one really knows. And I don't even know. It's hard to know all the facts and nuances and how subtleties. You make feel. How you make people yeah. feel. That's it. So, so, uh, so the one thing I'll add before starting with the Democratic candidates is that I think in any high stakes situation, and this is just a great example of it, this is, we're using this as an example, in any high stakes situation, your narrative and constructing it and being and how you deliver it and whether it's a good narrative or not and whether it's consistent is how you achieve success. So if you want a promotion from your boss, you, you have to say, is my narrative that I've been here longer than everyone else? Is my narrative that you so-and-so worker. quit, so now I'm doing two jobs instead of one? Is it my narrative that, uh, oh, I've got, we've gotten better sales, so mm-hmm. and I've increased those sales? Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of have to stick to your narrative and be strong about it and and make them afraid, your boss afraid that he's going to lose you. And a it's all narrative. precise message that you're selling, whether it be make America great again. Yeah. Or I've been here long enough or I bring this amount of value to the business, then then stick with that. And yeah, if you have a consistent, very cogent narrative, that's something that Hillary Clinton really didn't have. Right. And, and, then- and consistency is important because let's say, again, you're going for a promotion with the boss and you say and your your narrative is like, oh, I've been here longer than everyone else. And he comes back at you or she comes back at you and says, well, you know, so-and-so came in with a Harvard Mm -hmm. degree and you have to just be consistent. Like you said, yes, but I've been here longer than everyone else. So I know all the the skeletons in the closet. So don't you think it's better for me to train this person and and supervise him or her and, 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 and get that promotion. So you always have to go fall back on that narrative. If you switch narratives suddenly like, well, I have skills too, then you've lost. Once you defend yourself, then that person feels obligated. The boss feels obligated Mm -hmm. to keep defending the person, the other person. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, so, so I'll start with like a lot of this was motivated by, I watched the third democratic debate or fourth. I don't even know which one it was. Here we go. And, and we're off. Yeah. I just watched yeah. these candidates. And another thing I'll say in, in, in advance is, <laughs> is that you can't, this is the one time you can't root for anyone. Like if I have a candidate that I support mm-hmm. and there's a new poll, I'm rooting for my candidate to be the highest in the polls. Right. But for a debate, you can't root for your team. You kind of have to say, all right, this is another opportunity. One of the rare opportunities where I get to see how all these people who want to rule the, the, the country, they want to be like the king of the United States. Mm-hmm. Do they have what it takes to, to, to face each other, let alone, you know, all the dictators of the world from Russia, China, North Korea? Like if they can't even handle this debate, uh, how are they? If they can't have a strong narrative against Joe Biden, how are they going to have a strong narrative against <laughs> You know the the Kim Jong or Putin whoever. or whoever, yeah. um, or Al Qaeda or uh, ISIS. Yeah, yeah. So so like okay, so like Joe Biden comes in the clear front runner. Uh, his narrative is is the only narrative I could figure out, or maybe two narratives. But his narrative, his main narrative is, hey, 
everybody loved Obama. Obama is like the, still the flagship of the Democratic Party. Everyone's everyone the Democrats still loves Obama, and I was his vice president. So everything he did, I'm going to take credit for, except for the random things I'm not going to take credit for. <laughs> so 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 that is there. And I would say his sub narrative is that uh, you know he's the front runner, so he could he could beat Trump, and he's as experienced as a senator, vice president, and so on. And and I, and I think part of that is he's a centrist, so he's not. You know, his view is that, hey, there's a lot of centrists out there. That's why Trump won. He kind of took the centrists away from the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. so, so I say his main two narratives are I'm the same thing as Barack Obama. So mm -hmm. if you voted for Barack, you have to vote for you're me. You're going to love me. Yeah. If you liked Barack, you're going to you're going to like me. Right. Which Hillary didn't have that narrative. Like no. she she because for all we know, Barack didn't really like her. And they Plus ran. Biden's been him. around in politics and has name recognition. Yeah. Celebrity name recognition forever. Yeah. Right? I mean, he first ran for president in 1988, yes. I remember. Yeah. And um, and then his, his second narrative, I think, is that he's a centrist. So he's like yeah. the calm centrist, yeah. knows how to work with both sides of the aisle. The safe choice, yes. as they say. Right? Right. And Doesn't excite anybody. Well, that's just it. Like, do you know anybody who, if you ask them, hey, who's who's your candidate? Do you know anyone who says, Oh man, oh, wow. Biden is going to be amazing if he's president. Yeah, no, no one. <laughs> well, there you go. That's like a dangerous thing because people like that uh, when you don't have passion for any like Bernie Sanders, whatever you want to say about him, whether you agree with him or not, it seems to maybe describe, I don't know, but it seems to engender a certain level of passionate yeah. uh, support that people are really enthusiastic about because him. he's because he's angry at something because yeah, yeah. because his narrative is, poor, you know, Middle class and poor people are getting destroyed by right. billionaires. Billionaires, yeah. or I can't do an accent, but <laughs> yeah, billionaires, billionaires. Yeah, that's good. These billionaires are taking over everything, and we've <laughs> got to stop this because it's getting out of control. Right, so, one person should not have that amount of money. And, and so, I and sound so, like Jackie Mason more than I, I think. So you know what I'm talking about. I go to the thing, and oh, I'm yeah. the one, the one day I'm going to run for president. That it's going to be fantastic. And you're not going <laughs> to believe it. It's going to be the most amazing thing. I'm going to give it to people over here. I'm going to get trillionaires over there. I thank you. That's my Jackie Mason impersonation. Very good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Moving on. Is uh, I forget. Is Bernie Sanders from Brooklyn? Because that's a Brooklyn accent. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know why yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, because he's, he's Vermont right. now, obviously. But, but. but Bernie Sanders, yes, has a certain level of uh, passionate appeal within people. But I don't think I don't know any other of the candidates. Maybe Andrew Yang, maybe. Like, yeah, uh, Yang has a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. But but like so the question with Biden is, um, A, is that the correct narrative for him to be using? And, and could there have been a better one? And B, is he pulling it off? And so I don't I don't know if he how long he can get away with saying, hey, I was Obama's vice president and you all loved Obama, so you have to love me. Because Obama's not even supporting him. Right, exactly. <laughs> so Has Obama endorsed nobody? You know, yeah. he's endorsed nobody, which with the claim that, hey, you know, he's above the fray yeah, yeah, and yeah. let's see who's the candidate. He'll certainly sure. support who the yeah. nominee is. Yeah, yeah. But look, this was your vice president that you selected to be the. Yeah, and he's sort if of. If you died, Joe Biden would have been president of the United yeah. States. So you were you were fine with him if you were dead. You yeah, should yeah, be right. fine with him if you're alive. <laughs> right, right. So right. so it's a little weird. And you know, every now and then Biden says something like, "Well, this was I I was secretly not for the troop surge in right. Afghanistan, but we weren't allowed to say that back then. Now yeah, that yeah, the papers yeah. are disclosed, we're only to in yes, I was only supporting Obama on the things that." turned out now right to look good in the in the rearview mirror and he said that in the debate and i was thinking to myself you know that's a pretty kind of wimpy thing to say yeah. like you're either 
you, you either stand by, and they kept calling him on that, like, well, where's the proof that you didn't agree with it? And they kept calling him on that, and it, and and Obama himself must be watching this and just like turning to Michelle and saying, "Man, I am disgusted with yeah, Joe." Like he was all the time see. saying he was for that troop surge. Yeah. Well, or, or Obama could be going. He's saying what he needs to do to to get ahead. I don't. You know, yeah. Maybe 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 Obama's savvy enough to to say, well, you know, he's got to say that because that's what you that's what you need to say to get elected or something like that. But yeah. it doesn't seem like Obama is, as you say, very enthusiastic about. But Joe. but but I do think that these former presidents do take stuff a little personally because it's sure. their legacy. So if Joe Biden, who might be president, is like trashing. An important aspect that this right. troop surgeon in order to get elected. Yeah, right? then Obama, Obama's got to be like, damn, I, what, how's yeah, that going to look in my memoir when uh, if Biden keeps saying that and he becomes president? Yeah, no, that's true. That's so, true. And like, what want... does Michelle say to Barack Obama about <laughs> Biden? <laughs> I, know. I know. That's like we, we need to get some info and some intel on yeah, we need what the talk. real, <laughs> yeah, what the real chatter is there. Yeah. Jay, can we get a secretly recorder at that Jay, that eleven million dollar Martha's Vineyard house that yeah. that they just bought? Can we get some? Edward Snowden bugs and put in there. Okay, good. Jay was putting a thumbs up. He's afraid to yeah. talk. Um, but yeah, I kind of thought that, uh, again, Biden was Back the front runner in the yeah. debate and uh, going into the debate. But he just he, he seems to always accomplish nothing except to try to maintain this message, which might not be the strongest message anyway, because Trump won over a lot of Obama supporters in 2016. Yeah, I don't think I mean, Biden just seems very bland and very the safe choice. And is that really ever been elected? I mean, who, what safe guy has ever been elected that wasn't just reelected? Like, like John who, Kerry, 2004, who was yeah, a nominee. Safe lost. Yeah, and he lost. Dukakis yeah. lost. Yeah, I mean, Duk like, think it, Dukakis, yeah, because who was running against him? Who was even running against Dukakis yeah. in 1992? I can't remember. Maybe Al Gore? I don't even remember. Or 1988. Yeah, Al Gore, mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But okay, so, so, but Biden still is the front runner, though. Yeah, he's still like the in front the polls. Room. I don't know how that happens. Well, but then again, also, who are they polling? They're they're calling up people with landlines. Do you have a landline? I, I I have no. I have no. I have a rotary cell phone. Right? <laughs> no, I don't have a landline. Who has a landline? Right, I so mean, they, nobody has a landline. That's why I except, wonder about these polls. Yeah, no one. Like people in their seventies. Oh, Joe I Biden. I don't trust any of these polls. I don't <laughs> anymore. I right. I thought polling was a was a really good until the last election, and then I don't I don't know any I. I don't trust anything that I'm hearing about popularity. People are like quoting polls. I'm like, I'm like, you really, really, you're believing that like this guy's really, he can beat him in these states. And I go, yeah, now, but that doesn't mean anything. Like all polls are so fluid and change overnight. So I don't believe any of this crap. Right. Like Nate Silver, who was the big yeah, political he was so prognosticator. Beloved. Yeah. yeah. He predicted every single county in 2012. Yes. And then in 2016, the election day, he had like a 95% chance yes. or 80% chance uh, Clinton was going to win. And of course, Clinton yeah. Won. Well, how did this narrative happen? I want to know about this. How did this narrative happen where Nate Silver has now backwards engineered? And I've heard friends go, well, he had it right because it was within the margin of error. So Nate Silver wasn't wrong. I'm going, no, no, I'm not right. buying that. 80% give or take 60%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what kind of weird math is that? What? what okay. I'll tell you that. His point was, is that there was an 80 percent. He wasn't he wasn't saying the vote numbers. He was saying there was an 80 yeah, percent chance Clinton was going to win, 20 percent chance right. Trump was going to win. And it happened to be. And it happened to, oh, it, who knew? Who yeah. knew? Please. This was no, the one that doesn't work. If you're a pollster, 
You might as well listen to Frank Luntz, that guy, right. you know, who's like, I think he's like a Republican operative who just basically throws out a bunch of weird numbers to just try to get Republicans elected and is doing a disinformation campaign because nothing that guy says or ever, ever comes out. And you never, no one remembers that that guy's always wrong about almost everything. Well, that's also disturbed me when I was watching these debates and then you would see the pundits um, afterwards uh, comment they didn't seem to understand this concept that who is sticking with their narrative. Like, for instance, here, I'll, I'll skip to Elizabeth Warren for a second. So, so we got Biden. We, we got Biden. We got Biden. We and, nailed Biden down. And, is he sticking to the narrative? Yeah, but it's not that compelling. Yeah, narrative. I don't think it's a great narrative, which is why he's the front runner. But no one's excited because no. it's unclear the connection between right. him and Obama. Yeah. And I think it's not a good enough narrative no. to be Trump. And we'll discuss Trump's narrative in a second. Yeah. But. I do think uh, 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 these other guys have a stronger narrative, although they don't seem to be beating Biden mm -hmm. because, again, Biden's piggybacking off of Obama's poll numbers, but he could only do that for so long. But Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are sort of sharing a narrative, which is that billionaires are bad. Mm -hmm. Rich people are bad. The economy sucks because rich people have been uh, <laughs> right. The economy sucks because. <laughs> Uh, rich people have been sucking all the money away from the poorer workers. Exactly. Uh, Look around. I, I hire all my podcasts. <laughs> yes. uh, Look at all the step. people that you're the minions you have working for you. Right? I, that comedy <laughs> club. Wage here. That comedy club has ten thousand. Yeah. I'm right. lifting the employment rate with that comedy club. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, but 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 there was an interesting thing that Elizabeth Warren did that none of the pundits pointed out in the in the breaks, which is the very first thing she did was a. Out of all the candidates on the state, she attacked uh, Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, the yeah, mayor of South Bend, you know, the amazing, the huge city of South Bend, Indiana, <laughs> which I never even heard of South Bend before. But um, and 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 nobody asked the question, like, why is she attacking him as opposed to anybody else? And her attack was, which was very strong, was that he was in some wine cave party. I didn't even know that was a phrase, <laughs> wine cave. And uh that's like, yeah, that's that that was hilarious. Yeah, I did see that. It's yeah. almost like a, a Trump trick, like, you know, oh, here's little Jeb or little Marco. And she and now wine hashtag wine cave Pete was yeah. trending on Twitter right afterwards. So that was it was good. on Elizabeth. But why right. did she? And that, and, but isn't that it's not fascinating that the trivialization of our politics becomes like this kind of like Twitter narrative, like overnight, the whole thing about wine cave. No, nothing about immigration or the economy or jobs right. a wine cave right well, <laughs> i that, know it's amazing right, right? And like we almost can't argue against that because that's just the reality yeah. of history is that sure. we're never going to pick nobody knows the issues enough yeah. to pick on the issues so you have to pick on something that's uh, flashy right or, or catchy or quirky that you can grab a hold of a hey, wine cave open season on jokes for that you know like I, in 1984, just to go back to Reagan Mondale, mm -hmm. I have no idea really what Reagan stood for then or what yeah. Walter Mondale stood for. Mm -hmm. But I do remember to this day mm -hmm. Reagan saying, where's the beef yeah, yeah, on yeah. Mondale's issues? And yeah. that was the yeah. narrative yeah. that Reagan had is yeah. this guy has done nothing and I'm the president. Yeah. So uh, uh, but but why? Do, so 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 uh, Mayor Pete has an interesting narrative, too. But Elizabeth Warren, her narrative is, you know, uh, basically. Billionaires are bad. We need to have the government pay for as much as possible to help, you know, uh, the, the people in the lower classes. And and, you know, that's a strong narrative that government needs to help the people who can't help themselves. But she yeah. sets a very high bar for that. And she has the wealth tax and 
And she says she doesn't take any money from special interests. No PACs are allowed to donate to her campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, oh, you know, Pete, you were in a wine cave and billionaires were like writing checks. Mm -hmm. And nobody mentions like, why did she attack Pete over anybody else? Because they've all been accepting money from billionaires, except for maybe Bernie Sanders. Wasn't and, it because he's most popular in Iowa? Or yeah. That's, uh, first, yeah, that's the. So, so, so the whole thing is, is that how does somebody win in Iowa? It's not a primary. It's a caucus, meaning like, you have to sort of be a, uh, a special and active member of the Democratic Party to be invited mm -hmm. to vote in a caucus. It's not just like everybody goes to the polls. Mm -hmm. And so whoever wins in Iowa historically tends to be the person who has the biggest volunteer organization on the ground. Mm -hmm. And that happens to be Mayor Pete, because he's also raised the most amount of money early on. Like he raised 24 million, like the first, mm -hmm. I don't know, first couple of months he was he after he announced he was running. And he, he and all he did was set up a huge organization in Iowa. Because again, historically, whoever wins Iowa and New Hampshire tends to win the nomination. And he has the biggest organization. Elizabeth Warren is number two in Iowa. Joe Biden is number three, but he's uh, recognizing this is a problem and is scaling up. But that's why Elizabeth Warren attacked Mayor Pete. And I think she kind of succeeded in mm -hmm. her attack. Yeah, yeah, no. she it, it, it became big news and it was the number one thing like tw on Twitter. Well, like, I mean, like, I don't know whether that really counts completely on the Twitter thing. Well, let me like, ask you this. How many, you were in probably comedy clubs the next day. Was anybody making jokes about Wine Cave uh, No, no one was making jokes about Wine Caves. Unfortunately, not in a <laughs> comedy club and I didn't hear one Wine Cave joke. So I don't know whether that's just a media thing because it just showed up as a blip somewhere and yet, and yet it's the only thing anyone was really remembering from the debate of yeah. all of the narratives. It, yeah. Comedians may not have been making jokes about it. Yeah. Twitter was a, a, talking about it, but I don't know if comedians like were that, you know, invested in, in writing wine cave jokes, you know, because <laughs> I didn't I, have any. I don't, you know, because I feel like with, with that one phrase, she she killed two birds with one stone, which was a uh, reemphasize her narrative, which is that billionaires and rich people are bad yeah and and that's really it like it's not like there's not a, a, you know issues sort of come out of that but that's if all she said was that over and over that's her narrative and 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 then and then she takes down her number one opponent in in the in right now the most important battleground for the election so well played yeah i think she did uh, yeah. amazing with that yeah um even though i I'll, i will point out you know, you know, she wants this one of her issues. Her, her biggest issue, it seems, is if you if you're worth over 50 million, you should be taxed two percent a year, just straight off the top, mm -hmm. a wealth tax. Two percent of your assets goes to the government. And I keep wondering to myself, how did you come up with this 50 million dollars? Why not 10 million dollars? Like for for 99.99 percent of the country, 10 million, that would be extraordinarily rich. Right. Well, she happens to be worth 12 million. <laughs> so uh, nobody wants to pay more taxes than they have to, even right, Elizabeth Warren. So she's Ward. worth 12. All right. So that's where the cutoff is. Yeah. Wow. She's got to give herself some space, too, just in yeah, case yeah, she gets yeah. wealthier. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> if she loses the race, she's going to be, you know, write books, give talks, right. and, and make another 20 or 30 million. I'm not like in any of those categories. So um, <laughs> I appreciate, uh, let's keep, the, <laughs> I haven't made the cut in any of those numbers uh 10 million 12 million i'm hoping this well, like if she if she had started off with you know anybody worth over 10 million dollars should be a two percent wealth tax i don't think anyone would say no i think we need i don't think anybody with like a regular 
middle class job would say, ah, 10 million feels too low to me. <laughs> I think we need 50 million. But, don't you, but, but 50 million seems to be more exclusive and less in, uh, you know, I mean, exclusionary in terms of like what who it who it affects and sounds like a better number. I mean, maybe they she focus grouped it. Who the hell knows what number? Yeah, that's true. What number sounds good? That's true. So 40? I might be more yeah. thinking insidious reasons. Maybe she totally focused. Yeah, you think it. it's only because I have ten. Well, really, that she really was going. I don't want to be taxed on the wealth thing. It just sounds better to say fifty. I mean, uh, you know, it's like one of those things yeah. that uh, right. So it, that's true too because she, uh, you know. Let's assume every word out of their mouths. Like a round number like that. Yeah. yeah. And we have to assume there has been some polling around that number. Sure. Maybe people thought, and, and by the way, this is not arguing the issue. Like, I could, no. that's a whole different topic is whether this is capitalist or socialist or good or bad for the economy or whatever. Yeah. Certainly many people who've made billions are, have done good things as well. Right. So this is just her narrative and she's consistent with it, it and it raises the anger levels of particularly people who just lost their jobs and and they say oh elizabeth warren if if i should get some of that money that what's jeff bezos doing with it i should elizabeth's right yeah, i yeah, should yeah, get some of that yeah, yeah, yeah. so she's, she's getting so maybe some of that. 50 million is a break it, it was 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 uh they did some research they did some focus groups and they said who what's what's what do you think rich is like like un unnecessarily rich and i guess 50 million came in <laughs> right and we are we are a capitalist country so yeah. people aren't going to say 100,000 no. cuz there is some sense that there's there's incentives to innovate and and yeah. create new inventions right. and benefit the economy but and most and people so if you say like if you have 10 million 10 million is like i'd be good with 10 million yeah. but maybe 50 million that's a little much yeah. for some people's perception of that would be that's that's a bit much so those people should get more uh, you know tax tax than but 10 million now nah, you're not doing well i wouldn't feel comfortable with 10 million <laughs> i want 50 million before I start to worry. There was another thing um, that Elizabeth Warren did that I thought was pretty good in this debate in terms of her narrative. I think in earlier debates, she was attacked on how is she going to pay for her health care plan? Yeah. And it was a little unclear her answer. Mm. And uh, this time, Biden specifically called her out and said, um, "You, it's going to cost $80 trillion to pay for your plan, you know, Senator Warren or Elizabeth, right. whatever he called her. And, and, she just simply said, sweetie, I, you know, <laughs> right. babe. He, he could do that. He could yeah, like yeah, smell yeah. her hair while he's doing it. hot stuff, uh, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Like he, cheeky poo. He, he was he was basically three feet away from smelling her hair at that yeah, point. Yeah, at that point. But yes. but but it's nothing new for and and two feet away from smelling Andrew Yang's hair. Right. Andrew Yang, like, he goes to right to yeah. his right. But um, uh, she immediately said, um, he said, you can't pay for that. And and she said, sure, we can. And that was the end. That was it. Yeah. And again, she was just she doesn't have to explain because then she's defending. And, and once you start defending, everyone starts fact checking and they start criticizing. Right. And then there's someone saying regressive tax, someone saying progressive tax. Everyone gets angry. But she just said, sure, we can. in that kind of folksy Kansas accent she has, even though she's from Massachusetts. Sure, we can. She's whatever she is. She's a chameleon. Sometimes she's Native American. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she's from Kansas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she's like she's a Harvard, it. Massachusetts politician. She's a shapeshifter. Is right. What you're saying, Jane. But I, for me, I look at her actually and I, I actually like her. She's like grandma. Like yeah, I yeah, yeah. like hearing her voice yeah, yeah. so but, but certain people don't re react as positively to her sometimes they call her strident or something you know that whatever harsh or yeah. whatever that terminology uh you happen to uh feel uh, differently they yeah do have a, yeah which by the way i don't necessarily 
like her. I don't, but whatever. But uh, uh, back to narrative and yes, yeah. Um, but the sure we can, and then just ending it. Mm -hmm. No one ever brought it up again. Brought it up again. Isn't it remarkable our politics? And and that was that was it. And that was an attempt. (laughs) That's all it took. And that was the that was the attempt by Biden also to be centrist again, and she just swatted it away. Like don't like that's not your centrist view anymore. I know, and and that's then you go. That's awesome. Or is that sad that, that that that's all it took that our politics has reduced to her going, yeah, yeah we can. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all you needed. Well, like, I, and I think I think, again, that's they're judging. What does it take? They're, it, it really was. We, we really have no idea what they believe. This mm-hmm. is just a battle of the narratives and how well they're able to to battle it. Mm-hmm. They've they practiced all these debates. They've practiced all these questions. They've practiced all these narratives. Yeah. So she determined if she just said, sure, we can. Sure we can. And. Biden focus group that. Biden had prepared. Oh, I'm going to separate myself from yeah. her and be centrist and propose her as a Didn't radical work. who can't explain things. And and she fought that. So that was Boom. two two strikes or a couple strikes against Biden. Two strikes for Elizabeth Warren. Okay, so narrative. Yeah, I think I think so far as on these two that we've spoken about, she's she's got she's got the narrative going well. If that narrative works, which is that billionaires are bad. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that that narrative seems to be persuasive in the sense that I saw recently editorials in even London's newspaper, The mm-hmm. Guardian, that billionaire should be abolished. Like mm-hmm. th- that narrative is at least in the public imagination. So okay. it's unclear whether that narrative is good or bad. Mm-hmm. I do think Biden's narrative is 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 good for that soft front runner status mm-hmm. now, but will fall apart when Obama just clearly despises him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then uh uh, let's let's go to like uh, Amy Klobuchar. So well, what about Bernie Sanders? So you, okay. you want to go back to him? Later. Yeah, yeah, let's go back to him because because okay, yeah, got it. He, he, the problem he and Elizabeth Warren have is that they're sharing the same narrative, mm-hmm. like right. which is that billionaires are bad. So right. Bernie, Sa- both Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have returned or or have threatened to return um, checks if they come from billionaires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so they're both expressing the same narrative. They're both, I guess, for some variations of a single payer health care system. People on the left who love Bernie Sanders say that she's fake. She's not really a progressive. Like right. that's that's what's really interesting is like people from your perspective and, and certain other people looking in, they go, oh, she's like that. She's like the far left. But the people on the far left are like, no, Bernie's this way and she's a poser. She's fake. I wonder why do you think because she had I mean, she got elected senator on the basis of the fact that she was against all the scandals and corruption on Wall yeah. Street during the financial crisis. Yes. So she doesn't really seem like she's faking that agenda. It's just that I think Bernie Sanders is probably a, comes across as a little bit more insane. And that attracts, you know, Wait, that word insane, just right. like Trump comes across as insane. Yeah. And the fringes tend to win like the nut, the nut jobs. Yeah. You're saying, yeah. So mental illness is a is a is a plus uh, uh, for on, if you're on the fringes. Well, because I yeah, think income I inequality income inequality has is the greatest ever in America. Mm-hmm. So that's why the people who are the most angry or upset, mm-hmm. you know, it's that whole saying like, you know, it's it's a it's a recession when your neighbor loses a job. It's a depression when you lose your job. Yeah, yeah. So now people who are like feel disenfranchised by the system, mm-hmm. they're gonna go for. Well, everybody who's even mildly, you know, in, in towards the center is is not going to help me because it's never helped me in the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe Bernie's crazy enough; he's going to help me. Maybe Trump's crazy enough; he's going to help me. Right. And so I think Bernie, because he's like so, he, he's been so consistent for so long about. Yeah, he never changes any. You know what I mean? That that's the thing about him. Yeah, I'm. 
and the thing, thing that people love about him is that he seems to have had whatever you agree with him. It's a consistent set of principles that he presents all the time. And it's the same kind of rap. He's yeah. got like a consistent message that he's been saying for a longest period of time. And everybody else, they just go, oh, they're posers. They're not really. He's the pure guy. Right. And, and you know, you can point to Elizabeth Warren. I don't know how she battles the fact that she was claiming to be Native American. She even got from what I understand, she even got like. When she was a professor, she got some extra aid because she was a minority. Right, when she's right. like 0.001% right. Native American, just like we all are in, in right. some DNA yeah, test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so. 23 and me, who knows right. what, you know what I mean? So, so Bernie Sanders, he's just like, I think he's captured that corner of that narrative, even though I think she might be ahead of him in the polls. I don't know, because me, you know, he's, he had that heart attack. So for all we know, he's like, walking dead right now like we don't even he's like barely alive but he but he seems to have uh weathered that storm and he also people uh well we're not we're not we're are we switching from from bernie to no, Amy no, Chloe, or are we right. just staying on bernie yeah it just seems like it just seems like people it's really interesting because people go he's real but she's fake like so bernie's the only one that has this pure you know, so socialist, democratic socialist agenda that, that people are, are on the side of and everyone else is fake and a corporatist yeah. like like Pete and Amy and Joe and yeah. all these other guys. And maybe even Elizabeth, because, you know, who knows how long Elizabeth has been rejecting donations from billionaires. Certainly she had a big war chest, you know, at some yeah. point when she ran for senator or whatever. And he's been and then also he switched. I think it was him. He switched early on and I think it was. 2000 from Democrat to, to socialist like he's mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. he's like really yeah. invested in this narrative and and he had uh, you know everybody loved him four years ago like Hillary Clinton won and the argument is yeah, yeah. you know the DNC you know manipulated it yes. but he, he has a much more rabid fan base and audience who's loyal to him I don't I think Elizabeth Warren does a little bit but not quite as much as him and I think his plan is to win in New Hampshire which unless she wins in Iowa, if she can't win in New Hampshire against Bernie Sanders, because they're both from New England, mm -hmm. then she's dead. She's out she's of the race. Huh, like he, he crushes her. So he's just got to be consistent. And then when he's ready, he'll bash. Right now he's bashing Biden. Like they had a fight during the debate yeah, yeah. and and Biden was like angry, like, keep your hand down, two Bernie. Old, yeah, yeah. Two old white guys yelling at each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Huh? What? <laughs> like the guys on the Muppets. Yeah, it, like, it was funny because uh, Biden said, uh, he was talking and and he was almost like angry, like, keep your hand down, Bernie. And Bernie was like, I'm just waving hi. Right. And it's just it literally was like some yeah. Florida old folks home. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this is very sad. Yeah, this is very sad. We're in Boca Raton all of a sudden, like two, two old guys. Why are you saying pass the roll? I didn't say that. Yes, you did. You put your hand in my face. You put it up again. I'm going to hit you in the face. I never did that. Yes, you did. I was there and I saw it and it was a threat. It's like, yeah, it's like these old people in Florida that yell at each other, the couples especially. Right. You know? So I think I think that bantering hurt him a little bit. And then also there was one time when he made a joke. And, and I do think actually Bernie Sanders has a had has the second best humor in the lineup. And that we saw with Trump that that's important. Um, but one time they were reading a statement that Obama said, mm -hmm. which, by the way, was, again, a clue about Biden. But they read this quote. Obama said it'd be better for. Um, a woman or a younger person to be president. That's I'm summarizing it. Yeah. And um, and then suddenly Bernie like shouted out, "And I'm white." Yeah. And 
It was yeah, just no. this weird, almost <laughs> non sequitur. Like yeah, he had to think about it. Point about that? Like I, I didn't like. The, I, well, that he had like all the bad qualities. Oh, that, yeah. So, oh, but so but you have to think about that, right? He checked every negative box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Perfect. So so right. he viewed he was viewing that's, Obama's thing as against him, but it was also against Biden. Yeah, and, I read that people said that's a really bad moment when he said that, but was it really? Well, it, it came just, off as weird, and it came off as weird because there was dead silence afterwards. Mm, mm, mm. So it's like. Let's say you have a funny joke and yeah, you say it to the audience. Bit, a new bit. Yeah. No and the to... audience is just dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that kind of dead where they're not even, they're like, what did he just say? Like right. they're trying to figure it out. Like no. that's just not a good no, no, thing. No. So so whether the joke was correct or not, I don't know, but okay, he didn't, but it didn't do well. It didn't do well. Yeah. And right. So he's going to cut it in his next Netflix special. Right? <laughs> I, I could just I'm see. I'm going to get the white thing out of my. Out of my uh, out of my act. I could just see like somebody in a critical moment making a campaign ad with Bernie just going, I'm white. Yeah, I'm white. I'm white. That's right. <laughs> Isn't there it time for a change? Yeah, I'm white. I'm white. <laughs> uh, which actually in brings me to time. It might uh, actually get him some votes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah in, the battle, in the middle yeah, of America. Middle of America. Well, Bernie yeah. said he was wet. I couldn't I tell before. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but, but that actually uh, brings us to Andrew Yang because. Or Amy Klobuchar, which we keep. Oh yeah, let's do yeah. let's do Amy let's Klobuchar. Do Amy, let's do Amy Klobuchar because which has never been said before. <laughs> exactly, that's, that's funny. I got <laughs> I don't know, whatever. So, so um, I would say her two narratives are narrative number one: um, beat Trump. That's what she kept repeating that every single time. First off, we need a candidate who could beat Trump. That's I could a beat Trump. Perspective. No one ever thought of that. <laughs> right. No one, the other candidates are going. What we we have to do that now? Right. That's important. Yeah, Amy. It, thanks for throwing that into the into this into this. And, and then her other narrative, which is kind of combined, it's like a combination narrative. Yeah. Is that Minnesota is somehow this amazingly diverse state that she's been able to pull together, mm -hmm. and 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 really? and in doing so, she became a senator where she's had you know years and years of legislative experience passing bills and passing mm -hmm. laws so she has the experience to understand mm -hmm. the laws really and 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 to bring together both sides because minnesota has every race sexuality whatever and really yes that's true <laughs> that Isn't that was her narrative have a joke about like that? like robin you were listening to that like did it, she kept saying that yeah she was like and then and 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 it became this weird battle between her and mayor pete whether South Bend, Indiana was my more diverse or Minnesota was yeah. more diverse. No, I think Chris Rock covered this in one of his Netflix or one of his HBO specials when he said that there's only two black people in Minnesota, Prince and Kirby Puckett. Okay, that was and that. I don't was even it. know who Kirby Puckett Kirby is. Kirby Puckett is a, 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 a play for the Minnesota Twins, a Hall uh, of Fame uh, baseball player. So and what about Rod Carew, who was both black and Jewish? But there you go. So we, uh, now, now, now the plot thing. My one baseball the plot, the plot video. One. <laughs> Thank you. James Altucher, folks, quoting the baseball knowledge, right? If Steve Rod Cole, Carew, be really impressed because yeah, that was like in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the Jewish thing, but God, that's yeah, good. he converted. Um, so Amy Klobuchar is is fighting with Mayor Pete about what's more diverse. Yeah, uh, and, and then and then his. Oh, well, I'll get to that in a second. I just yeah. want to hit the beat Trump yeah, like, narrative. Yeah. When, when she keeps saying beat Trump, I think it's kind of a common thing, even in hypnosis techniques just that if you say that. be Trump, you're just saying Trump over and over again. Mm -hmm. The brain hears Trump okay, because that's the more common right. word. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't think it's a strong narrative to just campaign against somebody. No. Like that just seems not. like a loser narrative. No. No. Saying a word that we just got to beat that guy. Right. Really doesn't really. Do well, because it. then all you're, you're, you're 
your all your issues and beliefs should should stream from the narrative. So her issues become we got to fight corruption in government mm-hmm. because we have a corrupt president. We got to beat Trump. Right. We got to fight, you know, uh, all the problems we have with our foreign allies because Trump's ruined our relationships with our foreign allies. So we got to beat Trump. And and then she says, but and I have the ability to do beat that Trump. because I you know, work well with others yeah. in the Senate and in Minnesota mm-hmm. where there's every race, creed, color, yeah. whatever. And um, and then Rod she was, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Rod Crew and I yeah, yeah. are best yeah. friends. Right. And so I just think that's just a loser narrative. I don't so even know. James, how, your thing is Amy Plummer's not a good narrative. Right. Selling one, but it's not a good one. I think I, th- I think it is a narrative and she's consistent with it, yeah. but it's like a very loser narrative. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, well, it's like establishing yourself below Trump. Right. And he's our goal that we have to fight right. to. And and then the Minnesota thing. If you don't live in Minnesota, nobody else in the United States thinks Minnesota is it's, diverse it's or even important. People in <laughs> people in middle America don't even think that about Minnesota. <laughs> No, people in Minnesota don't think that. Okay, I don't and I, think I don't and, think Minnesota is that popular in Minnesota. I don't no, think. Right, and like let's look at the two p- recent in the past. Like 50, if you told me Minnesota defected to Canada, it, I would go, yeah, all right, we'll we'll, we'll not, yeah we'll survive. Know, well, I think we're gonna. How will we <laughs> go we can, on? No one yeah. was gonna go. What are we gonna? You know what I mean? There's, I have no idea what that's about. But okay, yeah, they're and, not exactly what I think of as the heartland. Right, and 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 um. Uh, so, so again, I think that's a, a, nobody cares. So that's a loser narrative too. I just, I, she came across to me as like loser, right. like, cause the net both narratives, like even Joe Biden's narrative, like unlike Obama, if that works, that's not a horrible narrative. It's no. just, it's not going to work because Obama hates his guts. Right. But, uh, James Ballard says, Amy loser. Right. <laughs> and, and, and how do you, how can you like her? You, what does she do after she beats Trump? You know, Oh, I'm going to get corruption out. Yeah. All right, let's. How does that happen? I never saw that happen before. Well, says, so yeah, exactly. Who's gonna? Who, I never would have thought of that. And there's some video going around where a- Amy Klobuchar, I think it's her, is doing uh, these jokes that she does, like in her act. And when comedians, you know, in her act, yeah, in her act <laughs> that she's doing, she's got this well honed chunk, this like two minute chunk that she does at every, and it's so painful to watch when when you see. I mean, comedians, we have a natural ability to pull that off. But when politicians rehearse lines and they have no timing, delivery or capacity for nuance when they do it and, and they think it, they're, they're really funny. It's like when supermodels tell a really cute story that they think is really funny on a, on a talk show and they're like gushing and no one's laughing because the story is really not that interesting or funny. But most guys are staring yeah. at them laughing when they go on a date with them. So because they are enamored of them. So they they think that they're really funny, but they're not. And that's what Amy Clover starts telling these jokes. And it's and it, I think uh, Trevor Noah did it on The Daily Show where it's just, she's doing this this same joke over and over again. It's so painful. Do you remember the but, joke? Oh, God, I'm, I'm blanking out. It's something about housewives, something about wives and mothers or something. Oh, God, I should have, should have done my research. Something like, in here, you yeah. know. Wives and mothers, yeah, they yeah. Need some, a... some lame chunk that she's doing, and it's just really lame. So anyway, back to because there is the, a little the... bit of a narrative with both Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren that they're you know this is the time now to elect a female president. Yes. So uh, Elizabeth Warren's big win in the evening. I'll just bring it back to Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. a second. Mm-hmm. Um, is that somebody said, "How do you feel being if you are elected, you would be the oldest person ever inaugurated?" Right. And she said, "I'll also be the youngest woman ever inaugurated," mm-hmm. and that. <laughs> 
That was legitimately funny, yes, and yes. it's a reversal, yeah, and it's. It, it, I think that was the one of the lines right. of the evening. So, right, she, right, so right. she she did well with that. Um, but uh, there was one point where Amy Klobuchar attacked Mayor Pete uh, because he's just like the mayor of South Bend, and there's no diversity and whatever. Yeah. And he was like, I, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but you know, excuse me, I uh, 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 you know am a gay man in Mike Pence's Indiana. So it's hard enough, right? You know, yeah, yeah, right. so so he combated her okay, but she did make the point again. Everyone's attacking Mayor Pete because he's winning in Iowa, and that's so critical. She did make the point that when he did run for treasurer of Indiana, he only got twenty percent of the vote. So if you can't get twenty percent of the vote in Indiana, how are you going to sure. win the country? Which yeah. is a decent point. So I think Mayor Pete was a loser in this okay. in, in this um, debate as well because he and his narratives. Yeah, well, that's just okay. Let's go to Mayor Pete for a second. What is his narrative? I don't know what his narrative. I can't figure it out. Yeah. He's he's gay. He's that is that is that is his narrative he's gay. a little bit and he's got um he raised a lot of money really mm. fast. Uh uh I think his narrative is just that he's a younger centrist. Yeah. So, cuz I don't know what he even now and I by the way, I looked it up before like twenty minutes, like twenty minutes before you got here, I looked it up. What does Mayor Pete believe in? And now I can't even remember his his narrative. Like okay. I think he's you just even looked it up, and you can't remember. Yeah, it, right? I think he's primarily a centrist, and he's doing that kind of old school politician of yes. smiling and just talking calmly and not reasonably. being yeah, yeah yeah reasonably. But I don't think that works anymore in the age of Trump. That's hilarious. <laughs> that, that that's that's hilarious. We don't want sanity, right? And and reasonable discourse. Well, because our... I think it comes across a little bit as fake. Like, is sure. he really that smiling when Elizabeth Warren is saying, you know, you're in a wine cave? Right. Like, is he really happy with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Wine caves for everyone. And and uh, but yeah, I think that's the problem with Mayor Pete is that let's say I think his whole thing is throw everything at Iowa, and then he can say he's the most electable candidate out there because he won Iowa. So and he doesn't even have a narrative. I don't think so. I think right. it's, I think it's just centrist down, right. down the line. Right. I can't, I can't think of any, like Jay, can you think of any a of his issues? gay Joe Biden. Yeah. But like I'm <laughs> like a, younger, a younger, gayer yeah. right. Joe Biden. So I represent diversity. I'm younger. I'm healthier. Oh, he served in the military. He brings right. that up. So he, he always uses the phrase so in Joe my Biden groping people and the gay guy is the less creepy one. Right. right? Like, like, that's nice. And 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 <laughs> and he 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 has the military service. So he, he has a, he, he can say he has executive experience, which, yeah. by the way, Amy Klobuchar doesn't have because being for better or for worse, being mayor, he runs something, whereas well, being a senator to have that small town Mayberry, you know, yeah. run Howard, like, like whatever from from. Yeah, some small town appeal. A middle America, small town, Indiana. I've managed a small town, and that's like small town America. So there's that kind of wholesome. I'm a marine. You know, I was. Yeah, on, so I, I was in the. He dropped so, out of some important job, yeah. like maybe he was already married. I don't know to to serve in. So he's got a the good military. story. I don't yeah. know if his sales pitch is good. Yeah, and 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 uh that's right i think i think his whole thing is once he wins iowa if he wins it he's throwing everything into that yeah then his narrative can change to being clearly i'm the most electable president because i'm the one who's winning the race so yeah, far yeah, yeah. so and yeah. then he can start staking out the issues a little more hmm. but i don't i don't see him fear mongering other than just he he represents a change somehow i, yeah. I can't figure out his narrative if anybody's listening to this tweet Anybody out his out narrative there? or mayor pete call me up I'm at 
I'm happy to hear what you, if, if you're not Mayor Pete, don't call that number. If you're Mayor Pete, call it up. And tell I'm happy me to hear your narrative. What your narrative. We, <laughs> tell me some of your issues. Operators are standing by. Yeah. Operators are standing by to hear uh, what Mayor Pete's narrative is. And by the way, I looked at your website. I went through every issue mm. and I cannot remember a single issue that you nothing, had. Nothing. <laughs> so, okay. and, and I guess that brings us, oh, let's just get rid of Tom Steyer for a second. So Tom Steyer is, he is, at least Mayor Pete has an organization in Iowa. So, and he's, he's the young, charismatic centrist who's going to win Iowa, maybe. Uh, um, but Tom Steyer is this billionaire who's running, who has, who actually has zero narrative. <laughs> like I couldn't, no, he has nothing. Nothing, nothing. How is he even polling that he qualified to be in the debate? Well, I was about to ask that him and Amy Klobuchar, who wakes up in the morning with a, somebody's on, somebody's calling from the, the polling company. Yeah. <laughs> I better answer that. Tom, Absolutely. I'm a, Amy Klobuchar. Guy. I'm <laughs> yeah. a big Steyer fan. Right. I've been a Steyer fan since 10 years ago. I've always been a Steyer guy. And, and, you know, and also he falls into the whole, like, you know, I'm a billionaire thing. So, sure. and he doesn't even have enough billions so to counter the billionaire the people thing. who are on stage with him, they hate him. Right. Uh, Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren are against billionaires. They should be starting with him. Right. right? Like, I don't, they, which they didn't, by the way, which, why no. do you think they wouldn't directly attack him? Because maybe I, I, then because it will become not, about he, him. He doesn't have a prayer. There's nothing. There's no upside to that. Right. And and by the way, the rules were once you attack someone, they're allowed to respond. Right. So why give him more yeah, voice? Why give him, he's dead in the water anyway. He's vaporware. Because all he kept saying was, we got to do something about climate change. Right. And, <laughs> which I don't think, you know, okay, that's such a, that every candidate's been saying that since 1940. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that works. No. Um, even if you agree with it or not, this doesn't seem to work yeah, as a, uh, a political message and whatever reason it doesn't inspire people and, and to he, save the planet for and, whatever reason saving the planet is not that popular <laughs> right well, of all the issues you know what i mean like 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 if you want to say something about building a wall on a on a planet that doesn't exist the it's very funny well let's we need a wall sure the planet's gonna go and burn up and but that's okay it's not that big a concern for us i just wish <laughs> i actually wish someone had said about climate change you know we're all talking about climate change but like, who really cares? Like, if we did this to the planet, we should really just funny. die as a species. That would be really funny. <laughs> if somebody really came out and go, look, I really, I, I think, instead of saying I don't believe in climate change, I believe in it, I just don't care. Like, right? if I, like, like. <laughs> that would be really ballsy move. Right, well, well, and, and, and the messaging is like, Hey, if I, Brian, if I came up with you and yeah. repeatedly hit you with a baseball bat, mm -hmm. I should go to jail. Yeah. So humans may, if you believe, if you know, humans have arguably done that to the earth, we should, that's it yeah. for us. We yeah. don't deserve yeah, our no. place here. We let's just earn the right to be here. Let's just work with what we got, which yeah. is redistributing, you know, wealth Absolutely. and, and let's enjoy healthcare. it while we got it. <laughs> yeah. While let's, while the place is burning down all around us, right. let's have fun at the casino. So, which, um. <laughs> Brings us to Andrew Yang. Like, is that the final uh, candidate? I, I don't know, even is that know. It? Yeah. We, well, we, we, well we if there are, if, I don't if there are more, then Bernie. Yeah. Somebody just declared. What about the, you know, our mayor? Oh, oh yeah. Well, then we'll get to get Bloomberg. The, yeah. Um, but okay. But Andrew Yang was in the debate. Andrew Yang. Here we go. The so, wacky neighbor on yeah. a sitcom. And by the way, everybody <laughs> loves him. Like, if you ask people, not not who. Not who's your first choice for the candidate, but who, for the nominee. But who would be your second choice? Andrew Yang is winning in those polls. Of course, because he's the zany, like quirky, different, 
guy who doesn't fit any kind of politician mold. He's got these like unique ideas. He's funny. He's like he is Kramer. He's funny. He's Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, like, like at what at one point, um, he's Jim from Taxi, but with a uh, an interesting tax plan. Yeah, it, <laughs> and he he comes across as like really high IQ somehow. Yeah, Maybe that's guy. a racial stereotype. Yeah, it totally is. You're, <laughs> that is James. That's but but despicable. When, when when I hear him speak, and I've he read, he comes his, off very smart and intelligent. <laughs> you know, he's, he's for our, an Asian guy. <laughs> Right. Thank but, you, James. Uh, Jay's, Jay's, Jay's all happy in the corner there. He's yeah, yeah, Malaysian. Right, right. Um, but uh, uh, he he does. I've read his book, The War on Normal People. Like all his issues, he does have a way to pay for everything. So he fights. Nobody right. questions him. How are you going to pay for that? Because they know he has the answer. So they know he's going to beat him. An Asian guy about math. Right. Saying, okay, go ahead. Good. So, uh, we're just really hitting all the levers of racism here. Uh, exactly. Right, well, well, but 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 by the way, so did Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang said. Um, because of, you know, campaign finance mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's a shame Cory Booker and Kamala Harris are no, and Tulsi Gabbard are no longer on the stage. I'm the, he said, I am the only person of color in right. these debates. So mm -hmm. he, he used it. I've never thought of Asian people as people of color, but, uh, they are, yeah. and they are a minority. It's only like 6% in the country, I guess. Right. Um, but, and whenever I've read his stuff or, or heard him speak about different issues, he's so smart and persuasive. I'm convinced. And I, and I, at different points, I've really liked him the most. And I, so I think his narrative is, his narrative is basically automation is going to destroy jobs. Like we're going to basically lose 30 to 70 million yeah. jobs in the next few years because automation is not only going to take blue collar jobs, but middle management jobs like mm -hmm. doctors are going to go away. Lawyers are going to go away. Uh, uh, truck. His biggest thing is truck drivers are going to go away, which means three million no, no. brawny truck drivers yes. are going to be taken to the streets yes. and and have a coup. And, um, and and he doesn't look like that tough a guy. So I would that <laughs> right. would be my position. He does position. not want that to happen. No, he does not want that to happen. <laughs> he wants to make sure that brawny truck drivers are not wandering the streets angry. Right, right. <laughs> and and you know, he sold a few company or so, so he doesn't want them angry at him. Yeah. And um and, and uh and then, you know, along with that narrative, his solution, which he uh pays for and he has so many great arguments against, mm -hmm. is a for a universal basic yeah, income, basic which income. is that Everybody, rich or poor, everybody gets a thousand dollars a month, and he pays for it with. And he goes through the math with the, with a sales tax and with. Which, if you really were, which would really help out in New York City. You could totally live high on the hog here. Yeah, thousand dollars a month. Really, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just my Grubhub bill. But right? I guess I guess his point is like if you're a truck driver living in say Minnesota, yes. Yes. you could potentially mm -hmm. get by a little bit, and, and while you while you learn new skills, and over the course of six months to a year to two years uh get a job uh but I, I, well that's interesting because trump's uh trump's perspective was always that what's funny andrea is talking about uh you know uh universal basic income and that automation is going to eliminate jobs he's talking that way trump's saying we're going to bring back coal mining right, right. like like that the, 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 like, the oh, exact opposite <laughs> like we're going to bring us back to an era that's that's fascinating let's and bring which, back the factories yeah we're going to bring us back to you know 
sweatshops, you know, like or something like that, where something that's and we're going to bring coal mining. Back, and people love to hear that, that those people in West Virginia and everything else voted for that because they, oh, yeah, I'm going to bring coal mining jobs back and blacksmith jobs and, and various other professions that don't exist anymore. Right. We're, we're bringing back them the back. The 1600s. Yeah. Everyone will be happy. And everybody will be fine. We're going to bring back Black Plague. We're going to bring back <laughs> diseases that we've, uh, you know, and that that's where we want to go. Whereas Yang is saying, uh, I'm going to be jobs are getting eliminated. That's kind of ballsy to say, look, instead of saying we're going to bring back coal mining jobs, he Yang's going the other way and saying uh, we're that ain't going to happen. And not only that ain't happening, but we're eliminating lots of other jobs, too. So we're just going to give you a thousand dollars. Right. And it, his point is, is that your point that a thousand dollars is not enough to build a life yeah, around, but it's but enough it's something. to get a start on yeah. something new. Um, AOC, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, mm -hmm. she you know, Bernie Sanders says uh, he's going to eliminate all student loan debt. And and Andrew Yang says, do a UBI instead. Right. Uh, AOC uh, thinks Andrew Yang's tax ideas are regressive, meaning they'll hurt the poor and benefit the rich. And Bernie Sanders says the, the opposite. Right. Uh, if you actually do the math, as Andrew Yang has, and I won't go through it, his, his is actually very progressive, not regressive. So I actually liked or, or like Andrew Yang, but and he was funny. He had this one line. Um, he's funny in this very transparent way that you would never expect in a debate. He, he said at one point, um, look, the, the problem with men running everything is if you put a bunch of men in a room by themselves for a really long time, they turn into a bunch of morons. Yeah, like he yeah, says yeah, this yeah. in the debate and that's yeah, kind of refreshing. Yeah. And he said a bunch of things like that that are just like very honest and refreshing and, and makes him stand out. Like he's, you know, well, is that only in contrast? Because I mean, think about if you had put Andrew Yang on a stage back when, you know, during the Reagan era or something like that, would you have thought what you think now, which is, oh, that's very refreshing. What do you thought? That's that's nuts. Like, like you can't have a guy that shooting from the hip as our president, because now Trump has changed the yeah, dynamic changed of what, the rules, changed the rules so of Yang, what Yang's compa being compared to Trump in terms of his ability to say something extremely different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is about that is that, you know, and I've, I read this in a couple of places recently, but being better is not news, but being different is news. Mm. So if Elizabeth Warren has a better policy than Bernie Sanders, no yeah. one ever writes a front page article about right. that. But if Yandri Yang is really different mm -hmm. then that That's tends to be news. Now, the second part of Andrew Yang's narrative, which I find very interesting is that the news will not cover him. So the tr traditional Democratic news like MSNBC, yeah. he says they never mention him. They they were they don't mention him on who's they skip over him when they mm -hmm. show the top polling Democrats, yeah. you know, during the debate. Let Yang talk or you let Yang speak. Hashtag yeah. let Yang speak was trending. Yeah. Um, but but two things. One is I I don't like Andrew Yang's narrative about automation because I don't think it's true. I think it's I think. Fear mongering about technology has been a common theme mm -hmm. since 1830 with Thomas Malthus saying, you know, we're going to have overpopulation. And then, you know, people saying the computer is going to eliminate all yeah. jobs. And then yeah, people yeah. saying ATMs are going to eliminate all or people saying uh, cars are going to eliminate, you know, millions of jobs in yeah. the horse industry. Right. Uh, uh, everybody's been saying this every decade. So I. I and there's evidence. I won't get into all this stuff unless people want. But the want. truck driver thing is interesting because it, it, there is this there is this idea. So what what's your take on the whole truck driver so, thing? So so the and and I learned this in another podcast. But uh, there's apparently thirty percent more demand for more 
there's demand for 30% more truck drivers right now because the economy is shipping so many goods back and forth that we actually need more truck drivers. Okay, well, what if it's all automated? You could automate them on the highways, but you can't automate them on city streets so easily because it's a lot more complications. Highway is just a straight road for thousands of miles. And so if you, if, if, if you have more automated trucks, you're going to need more trucks in the city. Mm-hmm. So you're not really going to lose these jobs. And yeah, maybe there is some job loss, but... And I don't even know what the time frame is on when this is supposed to occur. Yeah, we That's don't know what the time frame is. And okay, historically, people have found new jobs. Like for instance, there's going to be people operating the trucks you know, from behind the scenes. There's going to be right. people still fixing these trucks. There's going right. to be... There are skills that people could learn fairly quickly that will entire new industries will erupt with that won't necessarily be nuclear physicists. It'll still fit the truck drivers. Right. And it's the same thing. Like, you know, Andrew Yang brings up radiologists. Like AI can look at x-rays better than radiologists, mm-hmm. but still it's illegal for someone other than a doctor to give a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't get rid of all the medical jobs, like Andrew Yang says. So it's a little bit of fear mongering. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't like that. And particularly then Elon Musk is supporting him. Elon Musk is creating the automation. So Elon Musk know that this mm-hmm. is not really Right. serious it's just andrew yang does come across as the tech right. candidate even though he's somehow anti-tech right. at the same time so i feel like that narrative is convincing and people will argue it to the death because people love yeah. andrew yang yeah, yeah. but somehow it doesn't quite work for me and then the other narrative which is that they don't cover him mm-hmm. there was one question in the debate where they asked bernie sanders about well how are you gonna um handle this whole uh uh forgiving stu- the 1.6 trillion dollars in mm-hmm. student loan debt and Sanders started answering. Elizabeth Warren interrupted. Maybe Joe Biden interrupted. Andrew Yang has the perfect, perfect answer for this question. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in his book. Mm-hmm. I've seen him interviewed about it. I've seen him on Joe Rogan about it. Mm-hmm. He could have knocked out Bernie Sanders right then, mm-hmm. just right out of the race. Mm-hmm. And he 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 didn't say anything. And then you could say, well, people were saying to me, oh, but he wasn't called on. So what? answer like joe biden kept interrupting the whole thing he was being polite right he was being polite you can't be are you being polite when you're what is this answer that i don't know about okay his answer is that only pay for it only no no not how you're gonna pay for it only the top third of society in terms of wealth uh has student loan debt went to college so you're gonna use money from the bottom two thirds to pay for the top one third. Why don't we have a solution like the UBI, which not only helps with student loan debt, but helps the entire country. Mm-hmm. And he has a, an extra um, part of his policy, which is uh, if you work kind of a public service job for 10 years, mm-hmm. then your student loan debt's forgiven. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and so he has, he has multiple solutions that work and he has part of his solution is against shows how Bernie Sanders solution is, regressive and not really for right. the poor people huh. so so uh but but what disturbed me the most was he could have just answered that question they could have argued with him uh mr yang you we didn't call on you and he he could just say look i'm answering this question you haven't called on me all night mm-hmm. you know he could be angry like every all the other candidates yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just didn't do it what's he gonna do when he's arguing against the north korean leader right. who's shouting at him gonna about go, we're gonna uh, drop a nuke on you right. it's just gonna be polite yeah so there you go. So that disturbed me because that's the first time I've seen him in a debate, really. And I was a little upset about that narrative. Well, a lot of times people are afraid to speak up in that forum because they feel like they're going to come off as rude or shrill, and, as and, they said, you know, and but you have to. And I think he's intimidated by the older yeah. candidates, actually. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I, like he, he was I saw in one interview on the H3 podcast 
where he, he was so happy when Bernie Sanders came up to him afterwards and put his arm around him and said, oh, I like you, Andrew. Right, and I so know. like, he, like he, is he going to feel that way when Putin's I like know. six foot seven oh, and putting I mean, his arm around He likes around? me. He yeah. really likes me. Yeah. Yeah. You like me. You really, really like me. That's not the guy you want. That's a Trump now. <laughs> yeah. Trump loves to be loved. That's one thing him and Andrew Yang both have in common. They want to be loved by foreign potentates and dictators. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, okay, two more quick ones because I know we went way over time yeah, on on this yeah, first this mini to be a short show. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. All but right. uh, Bloomberg I'm not paid for this. Right. <laughs> Bloomberg, his narrative seems to be, um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. yeah. I, well, well, well. Which, by the way, the narrative of billionaires traditionally is that I'm not beholden to any yes. lobbies because yeah. I'm paying for this myself. I'm, right. I'm, I've got skin in the game. I'm using my own money. But also, his narrative, which is pr pretty strong, is that I ran. A city, New yeah. York City is the biggest city. It's the most complicated city maybe yeah. in the world. Right. And it's bigger than most countries. They elected me for three terms when the law was two terms. Like they mm. changed the law that they liked me so much. Right. And that's that's his first narrative. Second narrative, though, is he's skipping um, uh, New Hampshire, Iowa, New Hampshire, and just and even, uh, I think, another state or two, and then just focusing on Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. But that's... I mean, maybe the rules have changed, but the last person to try to do that was Giuliani, who actually had to drop out of the race before Super Tuesday because that right. strategy was so bad. And the last person who tried it before that was Al Gore in 1988, and that was a loser strategy. So even with all the money, I don't know if he can... Uh, if he can pull it off. Yeah. And he wasn't in the debate. So there's no, I don't, we don't know what his narrative is. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm not a, I'm a millionaire, but I'm not, cra I'm a billionaire, but I'm not crazy. Right. Like, yeah. like, like I was like Trump ran, I'm a loose cannon kind of millionaire. Yeah. So I'm not, I can say anything I want because I don't care. Which but, by the way, the loose cannon narrative wasn't for his base, wasn't awful because right. his point was, why should I telegraph to our deadliest enemies in advance what I'm going to do? <laughs> So, but Bloomberg, we all know where he, he, you know, he's kind of like pro Chinese trade. Like he's, he's very, uh, yeah. uh, you know, he's, but Smart he's, guy. he's a good executive. He's, he's a yeah. good executive, but, uh, he ran New York city fine. But I think just his campaign strategy historically is a loser strategy. No, no. Yeah. Even yeah. with the money. I don't know. No, I don't. I, I don't he's not going to last. Yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, because I don't know, they just if you if you if you took all the candidates and threw them into and took parts of each one, you might have like a really solid candidate. But it just seems like it seems like there's not one person that embodies the 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 the, the person of the moment right now. Right. So who need. excites? Not that you I'm not saying on issues. Right. We're not talking about just to be clear, we're not endorsing anybody yeah. or anything. Just in terms of like who excites you in terms of, oh, this person could be the best well, one Democratic thing, one thing, well, my, my Personally, I, I, I look at the whole thing and I and I just go, it, it, no matter what your perception is, it, it, at least Bernie Sanders stands for something. And, and, and in terms of like a, a coherent uh, political ideology that you understand, I, I like uh, Elizabeth Warren as well. And I see I see them as as like actually. Uh, standing for something, whereas like if something like Biden, you know, if you nominate Biden and he loses again, it's just like the latest in the string of mannequins that the Democratic right. Party, rather than lose with glory, 
right. with something they believe in. Like better take a to, stance. Better, what's that? Take a stance. Yeah, take a stand and go down in flames on something you believe in rather than go, we're going to not risk it and change it because this guy might say something. So let's not say anything that offends anybody and we'll go with this and, and then they lose anyway. Yeah. That, that drives me crazy because it's just, if you're going to do that, they've done that so many times. They've nominated some milk toast person who does nothing and inspires nobody. And they go, but he's safe. Like yeah. Hillary, Dukakis, G you know, even Gore. But I mean, Gore was, yeah. you know, kind of, the climate he, he, was, he had to be, <laughs> yeah. but he had to be because yeah. he was the vice president. But that, the guy, like Carrie, you know, it was just somebody who was middle of the road, you know, didn't offend the money people, like was popular with them, didn't like, but nobody goes to the polls like, oh my God, people loved Obama. They love Bernie, right? Yeah. Now do people dislike Bernie? I don't even think people hate Bernie so much as like some people fear him or don't like his, the ideology that he represents. I you think know? though, if uh, the problem- I'm not saying he could win. I'm not, I don't even know. I, I right. it's, things are so crazy. I'm just saying, if you're going to lose, lose big. Right. So right? The, <laughs> the people with the biggest stances probably are uh, Bernie, uh, Elizabeth Warren, because she's uh, yeah. borrowing from Bernie's stance. Yeah. And, and, and Andrew Yang has a very unique stance. Yeah. I would think Andrew Yang is the most exciting, but I was so disappointed that he wasn't even Didn't mildly speak. aggressive. Yeah. Like if, again, I use the debates not to root for a team, but to see who can stand who can up to up. the dictators and, and the, his opponents. Yeah. He's got to be able to raise his hand. Yeah, He's yeah, the, yeah. going to be the he leader of the world. Right, right. So right. if you're in the UN, you're not going to speak because no. everyone else is speaking. No, so that was for you. That's a deal breaker. Even though I actually really like Andrew Yang, call me 203-512-2161. You have my number anyway because I've been texting you. Hmm? Didn't you already talk to him? Did no, you no. I, I've been... He, we texted back and forth once right. and then he stopped texting me. He's a busy guy. I get it. Yeah. But <laughs> he's running yeah, for president right. of the United States. Yeah, but but, but to do, this is my advice. Even if you don't text me back, Andrew, just raise your hand or interrupt. You yeah. It's very easy to interrupt Joe Biden. Right. So just interrupt him. Yeah. And um, OK, there's one other candidate, which is, of course, Trump as a narrative. Yeah, yeah. It's not the wall anymore. Trump's right. narrative is that um, the economy is doing Great. Unemployment right. is at low all time lows. Yeah. By the way, look at uh, African-American unemployment it's at a mm -hmm. 60 year low. Hispanic employment's at right. all time lows. Uh, there's, you know, uh, GDP's higher than ever. The stock market's higher than ever. Mm -hmm. and, and the second narrative, his sub narrative is, uh, oh, you keep calling me corrupt. Well, that, they, they've thrown everything at me. They mm -hmm. even impeached me mm -hmm. and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. So you can't use the word corrupt anymore. <laughs> and uh, that's his narrative. I'm not saying I agree with those narratives or whatever. You, there's lots of nuances in the economy and I'm frankly nervous about 2021, but, mm -hmm. uh, uh, cause I, I think he will artificially boost the economy mm -hmm. in what, in ways that it was a whole other podcast, but we could talk about, but it's, he, it's easy for him to boost it through November. Uh, but then you run out of steam, mm -hmm. but, uh, I think that's his two narratives and they're going to have to, whoever the nominee is going to have to fight those narratives. Yeah. And, and that's, there's some, some, some compelling stuff in there that uh, anybody that's going to try and like refute that is going to have a, a a battle on their hands that's going to be very interesting to watch and i don't i, I have no idea what i i 
I checked out. I can't even. I, I don't even know what's going on. Right. Because because that's why that's why it's so crazy. I don't even I can't even I'm just like going. I don't know what's going on because everyone's going. Oh, he's going down. Trump's not pop. No, you don't. We know he's you don't know how pop. There's a certain level. I don't believe any polls that I see. I just don't. I don't believe that people go into the voting booth anymore. And you're getting a, 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 a pot. You're actually getting an accurate measure of the of the pulse of the nation. There's such and Trump could lose by like eight million, 10 million votes. And all he has to worry about is Michigan and Ohio and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. And that's the whole ball game. So yeah. it doesn't even matter what the rest of the entire nation feels. If everyone in California feels one way, it's irrelevant. Right. You know, and and. I mean, look, if Bernie Sanders or Andrew Yang is the nominee, they can argue about the economy and about income inequality and so on. Uh, and that's a tricky one. Even if the economy is great, that's a way to attack a great economy is that only the upper yeah. 10% are benefiting from a great economy. You can, they can make that argument and, and you can always slice the t statistics any way you want. Um, and the corruption, it could just be that you know, it was partisan in the Senate. If you say it's partisan now, it's partisan in the Senate too. So they could argue the corruption one. But I think it's going to be a battle of the narratives. And the fact that it's too much to wrap your head around it for anybody, that's why these narratives are so important. That's why when you're constructing a successful life, you have to have a narrative that's different, that's consistent, that's a good narrative that you're able to express in an interesting and different way. Yeah, and if you believe in something, like, that's why I say, if, like, you might as well go with a, 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 an ideological uh, perspective uh, and, say, and say, and let the chips fall where they may. This is, we're going to go all in on this and believe in something instead of just being safe. And then they're going to lose again. And, and, and that just drives me nuts. Just that, just that dynamic has been tried and it just goes nowhere. And so I, I, I don't think they're going to win with that. I don't uh, think they're going to, I don't think Biden and you can go, well, Bernie's going to lose to him. Well, at least people like, and yeah, uh, do I think Trump is going to hammer him on the ideological thing, call him a communist, call him a socialist and all that stuff? Yeah, he probably will. You know, well, um, and also, I think I think of course the, the heart attack hurt Bernie like that. Mm -hmm. You can always we don't really know what mm -hmm. Trump's health is. That yeah, seems yeah, to be yeah, like kept yeah, under wraps. Exactly. But we do know that Bernie's health mm -hmm. it's, it's not so good for a president to have just had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, so so he, Trump will attack him on any yeah. weak point, yeah, basically. Yeah, but yeah, uh right? <laughs> this doesn't sound like a Donald Trump I know. Right? <laughs> he's you know, so unlike him. I'll I'll tell you what this election reminds me of, and this is just from a game point of view. 1972, Nixon McGovern was Nixon's second term. Didn't live up to any of his promises in the first term. Like he he, you know, we were still in the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. uh, but the economy was great, and McGovern was kind of this radical, almost socialist, yeah. mm -hmm. and he, he Nixon won forty nine states, and McGovern won Massachusetts, right. and, and and no one expected that to happen. And by the way, Watergate had already happened, yeah. So Nixon had already been corrupt, but yeah. he it would took another two years to impeach, you know, almost impeach him. Interesting. So, Brian. Thanks for this mini so that took how long was that, Jay? That was so up at seven hours. 80 minutes? Yeah. All right. Next time we'll try next time for was 30 it, minutes or less. It was supposed to be 30? Right. Yes. How did that happen? <laughs> Thanks I, so I, much. I talked to him. And much. if anybody uh, uh wants to comment, ask questions on Twitter at Jay Altucher or Brian, what's your Twitter? Brian Scott McFadden. Brian Scott at McFadden Brian Scott and B, B. Scott McFadden on Twitter. B Scott McFadden. Yeah. And I promise the next one of these types of conversations will be 15 to 20 minutes. That will never happen.
life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.